Let us pray. Most loving and gracious Father, we give you thanks and praise for this day. We pray that your Holy Spirit would open our hearts to hear your voice. Lord, may your word be spoken and your word received. In the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We're going to begin this looking at this section from Genesis because there's some important understandings with what's going on in Genesis to understand the things that are going on in the gospel. And this Genesis account, we see God making a covenant with Abram. And it's described here that God says, well, take this animal and that animal and they're all cut apart. And essentially, this was the way that covenants were cut in that time. And then what would happen is the two kings who made this covenant would then walk through all of these split animals with the understanding and message be, let this happen to the one who breaks the covenant. That this will be the fate of the lesser king and we commit to make this covenant. So we see certainly that covenants were serious business. There was death related to the breaking of a covenant. And then we see something that's really important to see in the narrative because what we don't see is we do not see God and Abram pass through to make this covenant, do we? Something different happens in this encounter where God puts Abram in his sleep. And then we're told that the smoking fire pot and the flaming torch, the symbols of God's presence, it's God himself who moves between the animals. And at first, maybe that goes by and we think, oh, well, that's nice or that's different. But we have to ask ourselves, well, what's the significance in that? And it's very significant because what we don't see is God and Abram move through the covenant like the kings would have at the time as equals equally responsible for upholding the covenant and equally responsible for bearing the penalty. What we see is God alone moves through because it's God alone who is faithful. It is God alone who will keep the covenant and it is God alone who bears upon himself the penalty for breaking the covenant. That is very important for us to see. It's important as it relates to the work that Jesus is doing as well. And it's important for us especially to hear as we move through this season of Lent, whereby we rightfully spend a lot of time looking at ourselves, uh, analyzing our own sins and our failures, taking up other Lenten disciplines that are either... Uh, giving up things or taking on things and it's easy for this season to get overly focused on us whereby we then think that we somehow 
if we just do enough right stuff during Lent, we've got it all covered. Well, I, I don't want to disappoint you, uh, but we're not going to do it. We don't live up to it. And that's the good news of the gospel that we need to hear, that it's that same message that Jesus came to proclaim. As he comes and he moves towards Jerusalem, recognizing that he will give his life. That moving to Jerusalem is the place where he will offer himself. But once again, we see God coming among us, ushering in a new covenant, and Jesus himself saying, I will take this penalty for breaking the covenant upon myself so that the people do not have to. That's the real good news of the gospel that we need to hear. That God is the faithful one even when we're not. And he takes upon himself the penalty so that we don't have to. I mean, that's the repeated theme from cover to cover of Scripture, of the Bible that, that we read. That God makes a covenant, people think it's great, everything's going well, till the people start to move away, they push God away, they rebel, they reject, and then God makes a new way. And this pattern repeats over and over and over and over again. And what we find is people, somehow, there's something in our nature that despite our best intentions and despite our best efforts, uh, eventually we drift away from God. Even if not intentionally. Somehow this is what we do. And we move away and we push God away and we reject but the great news is in the midst of that, as we move away, God moves towards us. That's the good news that God has given us. Over and over again, you will find as you flip through the Bible, the people may move away, but God doesn't say, oh, well, let them go. I told them once, told them twice. Now they're on their own. No, the people move away, and God is always moving towards them even in their brokenness, even in their rebellion, even in their rejection, even in their sinfulness. And what do they find then when they finally turn around and realize that God's right next to them? What do they find? They find the loving open arms of God that says, come back. We will do this again. Love, mercy, grace, and peace of God being offered to them. What they don't find is God who's really angry at them and just blots them all out. Otherwise, we wouldn't be sitting here. Otherwise, the story would have been over long ago. Now, that doesn't mean that there aren't consequences for sin and those kinds of things because we see it throughout Scripture and we know it in our own life. But what it does mean is that there is not a... a a mean, angry God that's just waiting to blot us out. And that the message then from God is, well, you better get it all right. And if you don't, watch out. You know, where's the good news in that? And if that's the message that people are hearing and that's their perception of God, it's no wonder that people say, I don't want anything to do with God. But we know differently. We know that Jesus came among us to freely give of himself knowing what the consequence would be. And even as he's hanging on the cross, what are his words? 
Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. To the thief that asks, today you will be with me in paradise. He doesn't say, Father, rain down fire upon them and destroy these miserable people that got me into this predicament. Even at that moment, on the cross, he's offering his love, his mercy, and his grace. And we're gathered here to give thanks to God for his outstretched hand of love towards us. And then I pray that the Holy Spirit would empower each of us to go forth out of this building and share that love with others. That they might too hear that there's a loving God who's given himself for them so that they don't have to receive the penalty and says, come and live. Come and receive my love and my mercy and my grace. That is good news that it doesn't depend upon us. We're not just charged with going and getting everything right. You know, and that's, it's often one of the things that you hear people say is, well, full of a bunch of hypocrites. Well, absolutely. And thankfully, and come, come be one with us. Because if it, if it wasn't that way, then what people are thinking the church is, are these are people who uh, now are supposed to have their life perfect. And when they see that it's not perfect, they say, well, it's a bunch of, of hypocrites. But what God doesn't do is say, just get your life together, and then the church gathers all the perfect people where we come and we say how perfect we are. We come recognizing how far we are from perfect and give thanks that God's outstretched hand of love has been given to us. Again, the good news of the gospel, that God has borne the penalty for sin and rejection. And no matter how far we might wander, no how much we might reject or turn and move away from God, what we'll find is even when we don't recognize it, He's right there. He is right next to us. And the moment our eyes are open, what we find are his outstretched arms. May we give thanks to God for his love and his mercy and grace. And may the Holy Spirit empower us to carry that love out to all whom we encounter. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise for this day. We thank you for the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord and for his work on our behalf. We thank you that through him we've been set free. We thank you for eternal life that exists in Jesus Christ. And may your Holy Spirit open our hearts day by day that we might come to know more deeply your love, your mercy, your grace, and your peace. And we ask all this through Jesus Christ our Lord who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.